going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Mac and Fish podcast. I'm Coach McKinley Roll, and I'm here with my co-host, Charles Fishvine, better known as Fish. Fish, what's going on? Everything's great other than weighing another 25 pounds. All that weight I lost the last couple months, I packed it back on after a great Thanksgiving dinner and a lot of ham and turkey, man. A lot of ham and turkey. That's what y'all eat, man? Ham and turkey? (laughs) I shouldn't tell anybody I eat the ham, but I ate a lot of ham. And... uh, (laughs) ate some turkey too man but uh the last couple of days we had so much ham left over i made like ham uh you know omelets and stuff like i made a ham omelet today so it's like yeah you know but i'm hammed out <laughs> i'm hammed out man <laughs> that's good that's a good deal it's a good deal well hey it's a lot to cover uh so we're gonna jump right into it um you know one of the games uh that w- went on was uh florida versus kentucky um you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, obviously we know Kentucky's a very good team. We've had Coach Grant on um, on the podcast. Uh, we know what they bring to the table. Um, I thought this was one of U.S. better games of the season. Um, and obviously now the push is to go for Kyle Trask uh, for Heisman. But Fish, um, and I, I text you, you and Corey the other day about this. Uh, in my opinion, Kyle Pitts is a special special player he is a first round draft pick and he may he's a tough matchup for any defense what are your thoughts on that game yeah uh with the first pick of um like the new england patriots 20th overall uh this year kyle pitts will be the uh selection so (laughs) you see this guy's special he's one of the best tight ends probably we've seen in the last 10 15 years and that's saying something because the position has ever you know the evolution of this position and how important it's become uh, in today's modern era of football. But Kyle Pitts is such a threat because of he's not just your typical tight end. He, he You can line him up out wide. Uh, you can't put a linebacker on him because he's just too fast. You can't put him on a, a DB on him because he's just too big. He's a matchup nightmare. And I don't think you can – the problem you have trying to cover him as a defensive coordinator – is you got to take away from other things that are – you don't want to put two guys on a tight end because that will basically open up everything for an offensive coordinator. You're going to be able to run the ball effectively. Your other receivers are going to get man coverage. He creates so many problems, and he's he's you can't defend him. I don't believe there's a linebacker in the country in college football that could defend him. He is that hard to defend, and that – and he gives them so many options offensively. And, and we talked about it. You know, they ran a couple of weeks ago, they ran a lot of wheel routes. Uh, he was out and all of a sudden he comes back in. Now they incorporate him back in the offense and there's their offense becomes one of the more difficult offenses to defend just nationally. Uh, I don't think you can really stop them. The only team that can really stop Florida offensively is themselves. And I, I don't think whether it's Alabama, whether it's Notre Dame, uh, Clemson, any of these teams that they could possibly face, I think they could score a score for score. Now, defensively, they fixed some things up in this Kentucky game, but you can still see they have some problems on that side of the ball. So they're going to have to outscore people if they want to win a national title this year, but I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you saw that. In fact, I think I, I told you about it uh, was when uh, Grant, Coach Grantham – and Coach Mullen got into it on the sidelines. Um, you know, that anyone who has coached the game 
Um, obviously, that that has happened many times. You know, when I coached on a collegiate level, um, trust me, I got, I, I got a tongue lashing from Coach Sims. Um, other coaches have got received it as well. Um, it's part of it, right? Uh, it's part of the profession. And um, but anyone, you know, and I've been hearing UF fans and seeing UF fans talk about, oh, well, it's about time and good riddance and this, this, and this. But Todd Grantham is one of the top defensive coordinators in the country, Fish. You know, he was that he was that uh, established when he was at University of Georgia and, and when he went to the Cowboys a little time and, and, and now at UF. He is one of the top coordinators in the country, period. What, what, what is your thought on that? I mean, their fan base lives in a bubble. Just go look at college football now. There are not many defenses that are slowing anybody down. So yeah. you've got to understand right now the advantage is to the offense. And I that's why I like Notre Dame so much because defensively, I think they're very good defensively. I've, I told you, I know BYU is not in the discussion for the playoffs, but defensively they're very sound. They don't – they stay in their gaps. They don't give up big plays. They keep everything in front of them. They may give up points. Uh, they may give up a lot of yards, but they don't give up a lot of points. In the days of, you know, those Florida State, Miami, Florida defenses that give up six points a game, you know, knocks six quarterbacks out during the year, those days are over unless the rules change back. And Florida's a very good football team. And if their fans don't want Todd Grantham, there's plenty of teams that would take him as a defensive coordinator. Like you said, he's one of the best. His history has shown it. I think it's just silly to think this guy uh, can't coach or there's some problem with him. There's no scheme. You know, we talked about this so many times, McKinley. Fans have this image of this magical scheme that could just stop any offense, and they don't exist. At the end of the day, you have the players. The players are, that you put in that scheme are going to basically be the ones that have your success or failure going to be based on and yes, you can do something one game during the season to disguise something, but over 10, 12 games as coaches, I mean, I know at the high school level, damn, these guys want 10 games of schools just to get the college level. They have every single game of a school. They have every angle. They have end zone, sideline, every view. So there's nothing you can't do. I, I remember going over to one school. I, I remember going to Auburn all the way back when they played FSU in the national championship. And they brought me in and they showed me all their cutups. And there was one play where they broke down their own offense. And when they had this personnel in there, they ran the ball 95% of the time to this one guy. So what did Jeremy Pruitt do in the national championship game? He put Jalen Ramsey where that guy was coming across. And Auburn knew that they were going to run that play. So what Auburn did was they let Jalen Ramsey blitz and they, instead of running on that play, Auburn went the total opposite, went play-action pass, almost caught FSU. But that's because their, all their notes told them, hey, this is what we do. We're too predictable. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens as coaches. You call plays. It's, you get in a certain rhythm. That's how you're going to call your plays. and You're not going to change. There's no magic bullet to a lot of these plays. And I think fans – just think, oh, this guy can't coach at all. He's not good. We gave up 500 yards. Well, hell, everybody's given up 500 yards. It's not Todd Grantham's problem. It's a problem in college football right now, and everybody's trying to figure it out.
There's not a defensive coordinator in the country. I mean, you go look, um, you know, Alabama has probably the best defensive coach, one of them of all time, and Coach Saban and the guys that he's had. And Clemson's put up, what, 40 points, 50 points? In, in, and even Saban's realized, hey, listen, it's an offensive game. Let's just get a few stops here and there. And our defense, if we get a handful of stops, we'll win this game, even if we have to score 40-something. And that's just how the game is now. Yeah. Well, hopping into, uh, you know, Notre Dame, um, you know, speaking about them and, and their game against UNC, um, what do you think about uh, of that game? You know, I think the one way you find out how good football teams are at the college football level is how they respond weekly and how they respond in each individual game. And the great teams are the very good teams that play for national titles. They're going to have moments where you're going to find out where they're at. Notre Dame in this game, I believe they got down 7 nothing, and then 14. They got down 7 nothing, and then I believe they were down 14 to 7. And then basically their defense made the adjustments and shut North Carolina down. I don't think North Carolina only scored seven points in the second half. This is a great football team. We've discussed this. I, everybody wants to sit there and go, oh, this Notre Dame is the same Notre Dame that played Alabama in the national title. This is not the same Notre Dame. This is probably their best team since they won a national title in 93. They, they've got all the parts. We've talked about it offensively. They've got a great running game. Um, they put up almost 200 yards of rushing the other day. And then you look, they put up almost three yards of passing. So they're balanced. They keep you off balance. And their tight end may be one of the best in the country. Yeah. And defensively, they can get after you on that side of the ball. They have a pass rusher. They're very good on the back end. This is about as complete of a football team as you're going to see in college football this year. And that's why I told you I really like them to not only – you know, win the ACC, go back and play Clemson again and beat them. But I like them to go all the way and, and and carry the trophy this year because of how balanced they are and what a great football team they are. Yeah, you, you've definitely stuck to your guns on that um, as far as, you know, speaking about Notre Dame as a national championship contender. Um, you know, I, I, I've always thought they were a complete team, but the more and more I watch them, the more and more I see that and I feel more confident that they will be in that conversation um, like you said, this is Notre Dame's best team uh, since they, they, since uh, it, since I've been alive um, or that I could remember football. Um, they just have everything you could ask for. Um, that those tight ends are, are so impressive. I mean, they, they got in a in a goal line set fish and um, or short yardage set, and, and they just did whatever they wanted to. They just imposed their will, and North Carolina could not stop it. Their defense fast they have all the answers they can cover they can they they can tackle well they stop the run they make you one-dimensional they they have all these different answers that you want to come with and they're a complete team i i I look forward to seeing notre dame play clemson again and they will um punch their ticket uh towards the national title game if they're able to win that game and uh they'll be in the conversation there's no doubt they have everything you ask for in a team. Um, and, I mean, and Brian Kelly look, should be looking for it. I mean, win. just look at the stats. 211 passing yards for Sam Howell. Pretty much most of those came in the first half. And then mm-hmm. 30 rushes for 87 yards. That That is shutting down the run. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good in math, but I know this. That's 
I think that's uh, not a percentage you want per average. Well, that's less than three yards per carry. Yeah, you do not want to be averaging less than three yards a carry mm -hmm. to win a football game. Yeah. And this is a very good football team. And, and I, I think, you know, their lack of success when they've made it to the playoffs has turned people off, I think. But I think yeah. this is just a different football team. So it is. We'll it, it is. It is. There's no doubt about that. Um, speaking about a different football team, um, let's talk about uh, the, the the powerhouse that uh, Texas A&M, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Coach Jimbo Fisher has turned Texas A&M Aggies into. Um, you know, Fish, we've spoken about it. Um, you know, everyone wants to talk about how, you know, Jimbo Fisher's offense is outdated. Oh, he can't win without Jameis. Oh, he's too demanding. Oh, you know, he's too predictable. Whatever you want to say, make sure you say winner next to Jimbo Fisher's name, winner, because that's the only thing he's done since he's been at Texas A&M. He's just made them a better team and a complete team. I, I, I see a team that can win multiple different ways. Their offense was not on point this past weekend, okay? But their defense, uh, what Mike Elko is doing at Texas A&M and that coaching staff, I mean, Texas A&M is legit fish. They are legit. And, and, and I love watching them because I'm a defensive-minded guy. Um, I love seeing great defensive play. And like we spoke about, you spoke about, defense is, is obviously nowadays, it's an offensive game, right? The game has shifted towards an advantage offense. Everyone wants to see 40-plus points game scored and everything else like that, right? For Texas A&M to limit an LSU team that has NFL players on that offense um, to what they did what, it, it is just remarkable. Um, and again, Jimbo Fisher, uh, every year Texas A&M has gotten better and better and better, and they're not going anywhere, Fish. What are your thoughts on that, in that game and, and their program? 25 rushes for 36 yards. I mean <laughs> – I, I watched their game last night, and what impressed me is they are just flat-out nasty on defense. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, I remember the first couple of years going on. You know, I always like checking out different message boards and the A&M fans. I don't know if they were real high on Mike Elko. Uh, uh, he's <laughs> He's got a great defense. And the, the one thing is, is you watch them last night. How many times did – LSU run some bubble screen or some, you know, they they run their running backs out in the flats. And there's an AM guy there before the ball gets to the receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, they just are attacking. They get after it. And the one thing is that always usually usually shows up when you have that part of the ball is your defense shows up. It shows up on the road. It shows up at home. It's the one thing if you have a great defense, you can count on. And their offense didn't play well. Mod was off. They've had a few games off. You know, he got really hot this year. And then he went back and kind of reverted to the Mond that you kind of saw earlier in the year. But they didn't have to worry about him because they got a big game out of Spiller. Um, and their defense was lights out. I mean, every time they needed a stop in that game, I think LSU got a turnover um, in a and side of the ball. And then all of a sudden the defense got the ball right back. They just, they, they have a national championship caliber defense and they're, they're sneaking up 
in this thing. I mean, everybody said, oh, they were out of it when they lost Alabama. If Notre Dame beats Clemson and A&M runs the table, Texas A&M's in the playoff. Mm-hmm. They're in the, they are literally one. They do their business on their side and get one more loss from Clemson. Jimbo has a team in the, in the playoffs, and I can't tell you how many people told me he'll never do that at A&M. Mm-hmm. I said, and I don't know. They said, it's no way. You can't win at A&M. It's this, it's that. He's one game away. Yep. <laughs> and, and I'd like to see what those people got to say then because everybody's been wrong as him as a coach. If, if you don't like him, that's on you. He's a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. He's done a very good job. I mean, AM's not a traditional power, and he's turned them into an elite level SEC caliber team. You see it on both. They are big on their own line. And one of the stats that was mind blowing because you heard it so many times that as, as Florida State fans would complain about their own line. I don't know if they gave up a sack last night, but they haven't given up a sack in like 200 passing plays. Mm-hmm. All right. Their old line is unreal. They probably have the second best O line in college football behind Notre Dame this year. Mm. And and when you're able to protect your quarterback, you could call pretty much any play you want. And they're going to be very de- these next couple games. And they're a team you don't want to play in the playoffs because they're so physical on both sides of the football. Offensively, they're limited, but they still have enough to make life miserable for you if they make it that far. Yep. No, I know there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, let's talk about uh, two coaches that uh, one that actually was let go and um, and then one that's kind of right now, his position is kind of up in the air. And uh, that's Tom Herman um, at Texas. Um, just a tough position. You know, um, obviously, Tom Herman is as improved, um, quote unquote, the status of Texas, but they still aren't where. Texas fans and Texas alumni expect them to be at, right? Uh, This is the the University of Texas, UT. They're supposed to be the elite of the elite. And right now, um, you know, for uh, Iowa State player to speak about, um, this is a five-star culture being Mm five-star players, um, speaks volumes about the direction of both programs, right? Um, Texas being, you know, quote unquote, fat and happy. They're, they're having those five-star kids out of Texas and high four-star rated kids and et cetera, et cetera. And Iowa State having those lunch pail kids, right? Having those kids that believe in the system and the process and, and what Coach Campbell is doing at Iowa State. Um, and it's just a tough position. Um, I, I, I don't envy Tom Herman. Um, I think his coaches should be uneasy. I think he should be uneasy. Um, because no matter what he does, Fish, it, it's not going to please people. There's people right now uh, who support University of Texas that that want him gone. Um, and he's a good football coach, right? But uh, obviously something, there's a disconnect there and something's not working. Um, and then same thing with Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt just recently fired Derek Mason. Vanderbilt fans and Vanderbilt, uh, University of Vanderbilt have to understand that is an extremely tough job. You're not, you're in the SEC, one of, if not the best football conference in the country, right? 
University of Vanderbilt is, is not, or Vanderbilt University is, is not going to be competing for SEC championships on a, on a yearly basis, right? They're, they're, like we spoke about previously with Indiana, there is a cap to that job, Fish. That is a, there's a, and Jay Cutler is not walking through the doors every other year. Okay. So, I, I, you know, obviously, uh, Coach Mason, you know, obviously they, they, they didn't think he, he did a good job or whatever the case may be. Uh, and they parted ways. But I, I just don't feel like that, that job has a ceiling, Fish. That job has a ceiling. Give me, give, give me your thoughts on that game. I mean, no. you're, you're the whole thing. You know, I've known Coach Mason a long time. You know, I had met him. I believe he was the defensive coordinator at Stanford under Jim Harbaugh. He's a great coach. Yes. I mean, he's a great defensive coordinator. He's going to get hired quickly. He's not going to be out of work quickly. But the, sometimes guys want to be coaches so bad. And I think this is one of the times. And, you know, I, I can't tell Coach Mason, hey, listen, I know an SEC job opened up. You should take it. But. Sometimes this is, you know, you look at Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart waited mm. till the right job opened up. And, and as individuals, we want things quickly. We want, you know, you're that way. I'm that way. Just as individuals, our ego wants us to be the best. We want to get to the top of that ladder so quickly that sometimes we make decisions that aren't in the best of our career. And, and one of them is taking that Vanderbilt job. I don't believe you could. What James Franklin did there, he should have a statue in front of the stadium and they should name the stadium after him right now. You know, he beat Florida, Tennessee, Georgia while he was there. That will never happen again in our lifetime. You could write it down. The Vanderbilt people could get upset at me. That's a fact. I'll put it as a fact, even though it's my opinion. Uh, but it's a very hard school to win at. I mean, it's probably the hardest school in the in the SEC to win at. It's an academic school. They don't let just anybody in there. Uh, you're competing against, you know, 15 other schools that think football is the only thing that exists in this world. And your administrators really would be happy with just a clean program. And the ceiling of that program is six wins in a bowl game. If you get anything above that, your coach is leaving, you know, and he, he should leave. Because it's just the expectations that those schools, you know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, I look at one school that's comparable to them, and that's Northwestern in the Big Ten. Mm. And that's why I think Pat Fitzgerald's one of the top five to ten coaches in the country because those schools, you're it's you are not respected. Uh, fans have an expectation that is unrealistic, and I feel bad for those guys to have to take those jobs. I mean, somebody's got to do it, but Vanderbilt's an impossible job to win at. It just really is. And I don't know what their expectations are, but, you know, maybe they bring in, you know, a young offensive coordinator that could put up a lot of points and maybe they could score a lot, but they don't win a lot of ball games and fans are satisfied with that. But I don't know what their expectations are there. I don't know what their fan base wants or administrators, but it's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And Coach Mason, like I said, it's sad because I do think he's a very good coach uh, and hopefully he gets another shot at a head coaching job. I don't know if he will, but he's going to have to you know, rebrand himself. But he's going to be one of the top defensive coordinators um, that people go after. And he deserves a, a shot at a good job. You know, I don't think he should have to go all the way back down to like an FBS level. He's, he's too good of a coach.
And he's a great man, by the way. He's he's a very great. He's a he, he's I, I really like him as a person. Yeah. What's what's your thoughts on the Texas situation? Texas, the you know, we've talked about this. I think Texas needs to look outside. They need to bring an outsider into their program and open that thing up and look at it because the biggest problem at Texas is these guys think that the only football that exists is in the state of Texas, high school football. They think that, Oh, we got to take everybody's kid that ever played in the state of Texas and their Mm -hmm. family members. They need to understand if you, uh, Texas is a national brand. They are USC. They are Ohio state. They are, all of these schools that are national brands, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's um, Alabama, they have to understand you could go after the elite of the league. They need to be able to go after the Todd Gurley's, the Candice's, the uh, Clownies of the world. They have to go after those type of players or they're never going to be in a They're going to continue to be five and three like they are right now or eight and four and they'll win one or two big games. But if they don't, start acting like what you are. They don't act like a big time program. They just don't. They they sit there and they go after these average football players in Texas that these experts, these so-called experts high, rank all these kids. When was the last time they had a great running back? Their, their leading rusher was Sam Englinger the other day at 15 rushes, 65 yards. We're the, you know, this is a program that's had Earl Campbell, Cedric Benson, They've had you Ricky know, Williams. Ricky, Ricky Will- They've had great running backs, and they haven't had. A, I can't remember the last time they had a great running back. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. That's on them. Mm-hmm. That's their alumni. That's their boosters. How about they look in the mirror and stop blaming the coaches? Say, hey, listen, what we're doing wrong is we're forcing these head coaches to recruit only the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. That's on you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. They're going to get a rude awakening because if. Urban Meyer does get that job or someone like that, they're going to be – their alumni and boosters are going to have to sit back and understand, Urban ain't going to just recruit the state of Texas. <laughs> no. If the best quarterback <laughs> is in Pennsylvania or he's in Ohio or he's in California, he's going to recruit that kid. He ain't going to give a crap if the kid played in Plano, Texas yeah. or some town you know, that these fans feel like entitled. The Texas program is this program that feels entitled and that – Every player that ever played there, grandkids, like you don't need everybody's kid that ever graduated from that school to play there. Let's go get some real football players, guys that are elite that, you know, Alabama's taking, you know, Alabama goes into Texas and they don't take every Texas player. They just take their best ones, Uh you know, and you look, they lost two, they lost uh, Brockemeyer's two kids to Alabama how about you keep those guys in town and you won't have to fire Tom Herman? I, I don't know. I just, I think it's a program. They keep hiring these coaches and thinking the results are going to change, but they don't change. They continue to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But if I'm urban Meyer, do, do you even want to take that job? Like why even mess with your legacy? Right. I mean, it's not going to hurt him to, to, to take a job like Texas university of Texas. Um, because he's still regarded as the best or one of the best uh, coaches to ever play, coach the game. But but why even have the headache, Fish, of, of coaching the University of Texas? You you it's it's yes, it's a prestigious job, and yes, they're gonna they'll probably 
you know, I mean, he's already a multimillionaire, right? So the amount of money, it, it's not about the money anymore. Um, I, 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 you know, and his kids, kids are, are taken care of. I, I just don't understand. I, I don't know if he's going to, I don't think, I don't know if he's going to take it. Like why, why, why take it? If he doesn't take it, then who takes the job? Are they going to go hire Matt Campbell? I mean, like, no, so Matt Campbell's not taking a job. So they're going to get rid of Herman for the next uh, Tom Herman. They're basically hiring the same guy because that he was a hot. I mean, everybody wanted Tom Herman. He coached mm-hmm. under Urban Meyer. He was the guy that was offensive coordinator when Ohio State won the national championship with Ezekiel Elliott. He's the one that put up the monster stats at University of Houston. This was the, I mean, LSU was falling all over themselves to land him and ended up hiring a guy that was already on their staff and won a national title. Would Herman have won that national title at LSU? I don't know. It's There's so many things that go into hiring a coach. My number one criteria, you better be an elite recruiter. I, I, I'm, listen, if one more person tells me about developing and character <laughs> and all this other, but listen, the best players win you national titles. You can no win it. You can win eight, nine games with good kids. Yeah. All right. That are good football players. The teams that are in the playoffs every year, trust me, look at the rankings, Ohio state, Clemson, Alabama. I guarantee you they're in the top five of those rankings in that in, in uh, recruiting rankings every year. It's not by accident, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody will go, Oh, well, what about Cincinnati? Okay. Good. You, everybody has that one name they could throw out. I'll give you the 70 or 80 schools that can't win without those players. All right. But, but again, even in a school like Cincinnati, you're not playing that level of competition on a weekend and week out basis. Oh, there, there's no question. They're, they're the best. They're, they're a team that's uh, recruiting the best players in Ohio that Ohio state and the big 10 schools are recruiting. And they're going against schools that can't, compete with them because they're getting the top players at that level. They they're getting the plateau kids at that level. So that's why they're winning. And as great a coach as they have, he's winning because he's got great football players in that conference. It's not, there's no magic formula of, Hey, bring these guys in. They're no star kids. And we're going to mix them up and become a national champion. Find me the last team that won a national championship that uh, their rankings were in the thirties, forties, fifties of the national rankings. I don't believe, you could dig deep. I don't think it, I think it's been a long time. I mean, BYU in '83, when you know the teams in SEC weren't good. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Not, the way, not not in a playoff era, right? Yeah. You you may have gotten away with that. Uh, a team getting prepared to play a bowl game, right? Um, and get you know catch them sleeping for one game. But that's not you. You can't do that in a playoff era, fish. Yeah. Not, and I, th- I, I think another thing that's changed in this era is the quarterback position. Yeah. You used to win with the game manager. Those days yeah. are over. Like you better have an NFL quarterback that's going to get drafted. I once again look at the playoff teams. Every one of those guys will either get drafted really high or have a shot at playing on an NFL roster. Even Ian Book, he may not be a first rounder, but he'll get on an NFL roster. No, no doubt. And, and you look at how even the University of Georgia, look how their, their team has transformed now that they've, they've changed quarterbacks. Now they look like a whole different team, right? And I'm sure uh, UGA fans are wondering, well, why, why wasn't this guy starting from before, you know? Yeah, they just scored 45 points. They have a, <laughs> I, 
you know, I mean, and what's crazy is now that they have a quarterback, they were able to run the football really well. I mean, they had four guys, University of Georgia this weekend, over 70 yards rushing. Why? Because they had the threat of throwing the football. And even if the guy only threw for 140 yards, JT Daniels, the, just the threat of being able to push the ball down the field forces teams to back off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it opens so many things up for you, Fish. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it allows you the ability to run the ball. Usually teams will, will pass to set up the run, right? So now having that ability, you, you, you open up your whole offense. Um, now, speaking about uh, just leadership and, and uh, what's going on and, and COVID and everything else like that, um, let, let, let's talk about the FSU situation, which, I, you know, I, I'm very disappointed um, in that, you know, being an alumni myself, at Florida State, um, I, I just feel like it's a situation that um, just lacks and, and, and really screams for a leadership, right? It's a lack thereof of leadership. And it starts at the top, in my opinion. Yeah. For, yeah. for Florida State to be off fish for, for this amount of time, and they're the only school that have games canceled on the day of the game. So not only do you put fans – and staff members and everyone else at bay, but the people who are coming in, the people who are paying money to watch you play, the people who have invested, maybe they've saved up for the whole year to come and watch you play that Saturday. And I'm not saying the game is about the fans. It's not, you know, it's obviously about the student athletes that play the game, but the fans are a part of that experience, right? Yeah. And, and you're, you're talking about a year that is unlike any other, right? because of the financial implications that go along with it. I, I, I just feel that FSU's leadership is so poor and they continue to show itself of how poor itself, how poor it is in, in front of the whole country to see. It, 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 is, it is crazy to me. I, I don't wanna talk about this topic because I'll go off the rails, but you know, hop, hop in there. Yeah, you know, and and once again, this this isn't this isn't you know you can't blame Coach Norvell because no, these no. these are the people above him that are making decisions. Correct. I, I just think this whole year, if you could hit a reset button at one program, it'd be Florida State. Like literally everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I, it just you know this is a program that's been very proud. They've won a lot of football games. Losing is not something that fan base that we know has ever seen to this level. And it's just, it's a tough pill to swallow. I just, it's fine. You cancel a game, but why are you canceling it the day of the game? And not, not only did you do it once, you did it twice in back-to-back -back weeks. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know how this, like, I don't know how you come about to these decisions. It's like, all right, you know, it seems like it's easier to get testing. Why aren't they testing these guys on Monday and Tuesday if they're supposed exactly. Tuesday? Exactly. And at least you know by Wednesday or Thursday, it's already taken care of, you know? Mm. But I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm over the whole topic of Florida State football, to be honest with you. Uh, I, they need a reset. Hopefully these guys get it done this spring. And that's about it, man. I don't know what else to tell you. I know you guys like to keep talking about this, but that – that horse has been beaten to death. Yeah. Our pal Corey finally came in. Uh, you know, he's at the Bucks game. 
Yeah, Corey, 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 hop in. I got a few minutes First left. Tyreek Hill is murking the book secondary. I think he's got 275 yards receiving today. So, well, so. hey, we're talking about FSU situation. Talk, talk about it. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's dire. They're dying. <laughs> it's a rudderless ship. Oh, man. I mean, and, uh, look at these stats. I mean, Mahomes 34 of 44 for 449 and three touchdowns. Brady's throwing some picks again, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Bucks are running an Adam Fuller defense out there, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Adam Fuller even gets played for a Bucks defense. I mean, I didn't, he, I mean, the poor guy. I mean, like, listen, man, are we going to really blame him for the Bucks now? Yes. Can I, can yes. I bl- hey, yes. if, if I got an upset stomach, can I blame him for my Thursday night upset stomach because y- yes. my mom's turkey wasn't as good as it was supposed to be? Yes. I mean, like, come on, man. You guys are so rough, man. Hey, I, hey, oh, one, oh. Thing, one thing right now, I think FSU administration looks at it and says, you know what? We can't lose if we don't play. Oh. Right? <laughs> hey, listen, I prayed. I, I, I was the one that prayed for the COVID gods. And now that that's happened, they got COVID, they got COVID twice, and I got them out of the, the last two games. But, but, now, but, but, but Fish, honestly, though, honestly speaking, you know, for real, I don't know if you guys saw the report. Corey, you too. 44 players able to play? 44? I've never seen that. That Like, I've never seen that before on a, on a collegiate team, right, that has scholarships. That's fifty percent of your scholarship. Wait, wait, absolutely. Wait a second. They've already listen. The fans wanted them to run everybody off. They did, and then they realized, holy cow, we have no one left. I mean, listen. Talking about that, I, you know, I watched Denver before. I mean, watching them throw. They tried to. This is the funniest thing about COVID. Denver tried to throw out a, a like an assistant coach this week to play quarterback they i mean this is no lie they tried to run a guy out there that played in college they had no one left i mean is that what florida state is like my is my buddy effie gonna get thrown into a football game next week at, at florida state he played he played o-line at uh, u school uh you know is effie gonna get a chance to play this week at, we'll throw him in a fullback he'll get that <laughs> Corey, is he gonna get to play it was Rob Calabrese, the old UCF quarterback, that tried to get to play today. Yeah, I he didn't know. even play at UCF. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's gotten that bad in the era of COVID that we're like, you know, McKinley has some eligibility left. Do you think he could play? You know? No, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, you can't realistically go into a football game with 44 people, but they place themselves in that position, honestly. You know, we can't now this is something that we have to take away from FSU leadership and talk about what is happening under uh, Coach Norvell. Right. Yeah. Um, but are, are all those kids sick or the, is it just contract? Are, I mean, are they it almost seems like they're the only ones playing by these rules. We talked about this at the high school level. Mm-hmm. There's there's I have one coach that they haven't played a game this year because they don't in high school and like these other schools. Some of them haven't missed one game. Are you telling me they haven't had one kid get COVID? Like they have the match? Well, they're not. They're not tested. Yeah, that's the answer. I mean, they just haven't been tested, right? So, so you know, like Alabama hasn't had like one kid fail a, a COVID test this year. 
<laughs> but like Florida State's had, do you decide like when you get guys positive or not? Oh, we play Clemson this week, man. We need, I need at least 33 guys out, 33 guys out so we don't have to. I, do they decide like how many guys don't play? I mean, how do they make these decisions? It's just, I'm, it's mind boggling, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I, I I mean I think they're all under the same protocols, but um, it's a lot easier to say that when you're when you're two and six, right? Um, yep. You know, but you know we'll we'll, we'll we, I don't know I don't know, um, but you know let's wrapping this up. Um, we we've had a spirited conversation. Um, you know, fish has has been good dialogue. Um, obviously Corey is doing his his uh his other job um so you know we we we, we miss his his words of wisdom uh but just speaking to the listeners um you know if you guys were you could uh, find us on apple podcast you know we would love to have you guys give us a rating of five stars um we're also on spotify soundcloud as well as youtube um listen up you know subscribe to us uh where you can have you know we, we hear these weekly uh discussions uh where we try to have uh you know well-rounded guests and and try to make this thing uh, even better for you guys. But, um, you know, great conversation, guys. No doubt. And uh, I enjoyed being back on this week. I, like I said, man, I, I, all that food made me really tired, man. Like, I, between that and you, you know, you at calling me, asking me where your game film is, you know? So. <laughs> Hey, don't, is it me or the other coaches? Don't 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 put me in that lump. Oh, you're now you're now you're now in that group. You're now in that group. Oh, I tell I tell you my weakness. All right, I I'll t- I tell you my kryptonite, and your ass throws that shit right back at me. All right. Hey, you're like you're like you're like oh man, fish gives me all his tells. I'm gonna just take all his chips. Hey, I'm gonna hey. take every damn chip. Corey, all, all, all I know is that oh, you know when when, when I Corey, say Corey, hey, don't, I, hey, I, I, Corey I, don't do me like you, man. Don't put I, Corey in the same category I, as you. I said, right? I, I said, hey, fish, um, hey, just send me an invoice, man. The check is in the the check is uh, in the way, I, man. You know, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. You you paid me, but now like you pay me early, you think you get like extra privilege? Like I'm supposed to bring you a cup of coffee? All right. Like I'm bringing you your your like your headsets now. Like <laughs> nah, I, I mean, if I come to a game, are you gonna tell me to set the cones up and and paint the field? I mean, nah. like come on, McKinley. <laughs> I mean, I already gave you the host of this show, man. What else do you want, man? Like shit. Like what else do you want me to do? <laughs> like I, there's nothing left for me to give you. I mean, between you and my wife, man, I like oh, I, I need oh I need a little, I need a little pride. I need a little pride. Like, come hey, on, man, leave hey, me how, some dignity. Hey, how did I get lumped in with Angela? Man? I, I have no idea. <laughs> hey, I'm just glad we're recording this so she can listen to it right now. <laughs> but hey, Corey, I'm out, man. I, I, you and that mask. You look like the undertaker of Tampa Bay football right now. Like, like, like you're about to stick the fork in their season. This is actually a Palm, Palm Beach County COVID mask. McKinley probably has one that's similar to this one. Nah, they, they gave us one, but I, I, I had too much swag for that. Oh, uh, McKinley has these uh, Under Armour. He, he has these Under Armour ones, man, that are like $30 for one. Like, you, uh, my wife can't lose them. You know, we like have bells on those things so she doesn't lose them. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. man, I'll see you guys later, Corey. We're out. You better come on next. <laughs>
You better come Absolutely. on next week. And hey, listen, man, week. McKinley, come on with some good guests already. Man. Come on, man. You got to come through. Bro. Hey, man, I got you, man. I got All right, you. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Take uh, it all right, easy. see y'all. All right, bye. bye.